गुड मॉर्निंग गुड मॉर्निंग फ्रेंड्स एंड फैमिली वी वेलकम यू टू दिस सर्विस दिस सेगमेंट ऑफ आवर फेथ वेर द फोकस is on waiting it is the day between the sunday between ascension and pentecost some would think it is an ordinary sunday because nothing is happening but this this is an important sunday it is an us sunday god is working and in his working he's giving us an opportunity to do our own to do our best shall we come together for our call to worship call to worship we find in some 130 when you have the time you shall look at that let us worship the lord lord I cried out to you from the depths of my despair. Hear my voice, O oh God. Answer this prayer and hear my plea for mercy. Lord, if you measured us and marked us for with our sins, who would ever have their prayers answered? But your forgiving love is what makes you wonderful. No wonder you are loved and worshiped. This is why I wait upon you expecting your breakthrough for your word brings me hope. I long for you more than any watchman would long for the morning light. I will watch and wait for you O God through the night. O Israel keep hoping keep trusting and keep waiting on the Lord for he is a tender-hearted kind and forgiving he has a thousand ways to set you free he himself will redeem you he will ransom you from the cruel slavery of sin amen let us pray most gracious precious and merciful god you who is enthroned in heaven while heaven is your throne you have chosen to make earth your footstool securing your presence with us through generations from time to time this morning lord as we come in this hour of worship we give you thanks lord as we appreciate your mercies that i knew even this morning the mercies that are replenished the mercies that never run dry for you are always looking out for us lord we come this morning lord to give you praise we come to adore the wonderful majestic power that comes with a god like you we come to worship and honor a god who has blessed us and bestowed upon us grace upon grace something that we could not do for ourselves but something that is everlasting we come this morning father to thank you we come to praise you 
We come to worship you. We come to worship. For how can we not having a God like you? For each day that we meet that has problems is also accompanied by miracles of his own. Each day that we come before you, Lord, striving to be seen, striving to be known by you. You never fail. You never fail. And we thank you, Lord, that even our feeble prayers, our feeble attempts and worshiping and glorifying you that can never measure, Lord, to the things you do for the God that you are, for your power, your glory, and your honor, yet you accept it. Lord, we thank you that sinful and stained as we are, you still call us your children. You still look at us as those beloved. Fill us, Lord, with your power this morning. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you have made your home in us. Holy Spirit, you bind us and make us one. Holy Spirit, you comfort us. Holy Spirit, you are a constant reminder. You are the very presence of God in us. So how can we be alone? How can we be lonely? How can we be lost? Thank you. Lord Jesus. Your heavenly home. A wondrous home. Your power. You have reduced. You have left to come to earth to take a form that was supposed to be a copy of who you are. The humility is amazing. We try. Fragile as we are, we cannot make it. We cannot Truly be as humble as you are. But you still give us an opportunity to try. And even in our trying, we are not alone. You still do it for us. We thank you for your ascension into the heavenly throne, for your continual intercession at the right hand of the Father, for looking on us and for the promise of your coming again, for the hope that it is not over, you are still working and will continue to work and love us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, bless us this morning. Bless this worship hour. Bless this church. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who reigns now and forevermore. Amen. Fem, I wish to share with you, you probably know by heart, or you just know instinctively where we are reading this morning. It is that day where we look at what it means to wait. The psalmist keeps saying, wait on the Lord. I say to you, wait. And one of the toughest thing, one of the toughest things to 
be or to do as a Christian is to wait. It is so easy. Well, let's say easier to go out there and be busy, to preach, to sing, to lift up hands, to help the fallen, to find a way that we can be of service and be the Marys and help others, the, the, the Marthas and help others out there. But to sit and wait, that is difficult. But it is in this waiting that God restores us and replenishes I wish to share with you this morning a message from the book of Acts, chapter 1. My wish is actually to read the whole of chapter 1, but so as not to lose you, I will skip <laughs> um, a few as I move in between, just um, so that we are together. Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proof that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And one, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to jump to verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives on a Sabbath, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they stayed, where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. In those days, Peter stood up amongst the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers, 
the scriptures had to be fulfilled with the Holy Spirit. Sorry, brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke a long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. With the reward he got from the wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he felt headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. They called that field in their language, Ekel Dama, that is, the field of blood. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearing. May our hearts be receptive to its message. May our spirits be courageous to move out and do what the Lord has said. May our feet hurry up and move. But in the meantime, let us wait. Beloved, this morning I wish to talk to us about waiting. On Thursday, the Christian world was celebrating or commemorating this great event that is the ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into heaven where he had come from. It is in this very book of Acts, this very chapter, that we find that they had been up on a mountain. We get this from verse 12, that they then left that place. This is the place of ascension, the Mount of Olives. After the angels had spoken to them, telling them that Jesus is going to come again. So they go back. What, what are they going back for? They go back to wait. It, it is a command that Jesus had given them. He said to them, wait, do not leave Jerusalem. All right? Do not leave Jerusalem. Wait until the day that you shall receive the Spirit. Now, this is one of the wonderful things. We know about the baptism of John. We know that Jesus himself was baptized. We don't know if the disciples were ever baptized, but their baptism is not the issue at the point or at the beginning of their journey with God, but their baptism becomes an important thing that this time you are going to have a baptism that is unlike any other witness ever before. You will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And when you have received this baptism, you will be able to go on. Beloved, waiting is a tough thing. But let, let us just look at how John or how the disciples do. The, 
on the mountain it was these 12. For us who forget the names other than Peter, James, and John, and maybe Thomas because of what he has done or what he is known for, and Matthew, the tax collector, and maybe Nathaniel, many of us forget the others and their names. So if you get lost, check this list out. But what they do is when the angel had spoken to them, they return to Jerusalem. I had spoken to you on Tuesday family or on Thursday family about ascending, which, which is necessary. But ascension is not where we stay on the hill of the Lord is not where we stay on the hill of the Lord is where to collect power it is where we go for a private moment it is where we go for restoration it is where we go for renewal but listen this is not where the whole thing happened if we are going to wait we need firstly to know what we are waiting for they had to wait for the spirit. But why would they need the spirit? They need the spirit because in order to do that which God has called them to do, they are going to need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. That is an important thing that we find In the teachings of Jesus, there is this one constant theme that keeps appearing throughout the four Gospels of what Jesus was talking about. And that is the kingdom of God. This we find before his death, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. We find in the prayer that he's teaching, your kingdom come, for thine is the kingdom. This kingdom, we are told, is what he was speaking to them about when he had resurrected. This is the thing that needs to be carried out. So when they have been taught about the kingdom of God, now, just by a quick way, let, let us just look at this kingdom of God to be able to understand why the disciples took the action that they did and why they had to come down. The kingdom of God, as we are told, this is one of the things that I found interesting when Jesus was about to teach about the kingdom of God. He would always say something along the lines of, what can I compare it to? What, what shall I say about the kingdom of God? We find that there is no total, a way of totally explaining the kingdom of God in human terminology or in human circumstances. So he would say, what can I compare it with? What, what shall I say about it? How can I break it down to your level? How can I put it in ways that you can understand? Then he says, this kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. 
Now, when he talks about it as a mustard seed, we learn that this is a kingdom of development because the mustard seed really has no value until it is planted, until it goes into the ground and then begin to work. And the mustard seed needs time. This is the waiting bit. The kingdom of God is like a woman who is putting just a smidge of yeast in dough and he begins to knit it and then it grows. The kingdom of God, it's about growth. It's not about being stationary. But in order to grow, the yeast has to be set aside for a while. We wait. How do I explain this kingdom of God, this kingdom of God is like a man who has found a treasure in a field and then he goes and sells everything that he has in order to buy it. The kingdom of God requires investment in us. The kingdom of God requires for us to see the value in it. It is not only important. It is priceless. It requires you to sell everything that you have. This is but an example of this kingdom. And this is the kingdom of God that Jesus said to Nicodemus. Unless you are born again, you cannot enter it. And he says, you shall see it when you get baptized by the Spirit. So, now, this is the kingdom that he is living in the hands and in the care of the disciples. But he knows that we, like the disciples, are weak. We need the power and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We, although have heard about this kingdom, cannot really grasp it until and unless somebody is in us, somebody who is from there, somebody who understands it in totality because however many play stories and ways that Jesus had explained the kingdom of God, we know that we can never understand it fully. And even that is not a full description of the kingdom of God. That is why the spirit is needed. So in order to work the mission of the kingdom that they have been said, they have to start. Now, this is the first thing they do. They come down from the mountain. It is important that they come from the mountain because they realize that ministry is not going to happen on the Sunday when it is nice, when we can lift up our hands, when we can see glory, when we can sing our favorite songs and dance, our favorite moves and listen to our favorite pastor and see those we love and fellowship and love. No, ministry happens down there. 
in Jerusalem where prophets are killed in Jerusalem, where the Messiah was rejected. This is where the kingdom of God has to start. He had said to them, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the rest of the world. Shall we break that down quickly? In Jerusalem, where the rejection starts, in Judea, which is the entire province, and to Samaria. I, I like particularly the Samaria bed because Samaria is that portion of Israel that had broken away. So going to Samaria, it means not only staying in Jerusalem or in the Jewish community, but bringing the rest of Israel together. This is the mission that you have to undergo. You're going to need help. Bring together people who don't like each other, people who are mistrusting each other, people who look down on each other. There is a lot of work for you to do. You need all the rest you can get. You need all the help you can get. You need all the development you can get. We wait. They have had three years. Of studies with Jesus. They have had 40 days. Of intense. Workshops with the resurrected Messiah. And yet again. They are told. Wait. Beloved this is. After more than. Thousand. A thousand years of the promises. Well, thousands of years of the promises of the coming Messiah. And yet again, we have to wait. One thing that God requires of us is to wait. What do we wait for? We wait not because God is lazy, but God is preparing us. Not because God is late. God is getting us ready. We are the ones that are not ready. So we have to wait. But I think one of the things that makes us not to understand or not to be able to wait is that we miss what we are waiting for. There is a lot of work ahead of us. But in waiting, we have to be in the place where things are going to happen. We need to know where the movement is going to start. So it's going to start in Jerusalem. We can't, waiting doesn't mean folding our arms, sitting there and looking at our watches and wondering when is this Messiah coming? Uh -uh. We go down to the place where it is happening. So that when we are to be led, we are found to be in the right space. It is not a friendly space. Remember when we see the transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17, that when they are on the hill, it is such a beautiful scene when the disciples, the three chosen, that is James, uh, Peter, James, 
and John see this beautiful scenery. Peter says, Lord, let us stay here. We all, we all want to stay there, but the kingdom of God has no value because that is why it is called the good news. That is why it says the good news is preached to the poor. So this is what they do. They come down from the mountain. They go into the room. Firstly, move. Get into the right space. Two, They begin to open church. They close the room. They begin to worship. They stay together. You see, we need, sometimes this is the problem with us as Christians. We celebrate our division more than our unity. We celebrate our separateness because this is where our pride is. I, I'm a proud Presbyterian. I am a proud Presbyterian because I know what I stand for. But before and beyond being Presbyterian, I am called. To be a servant of God. So when they get there. The apostles have church. Today. We wonder still. How. What does, what does it mean to wait. In the lockdown. What, what does it mean. When you look at the news. And then you find the things. That we are fighting for are the things that we worry about because our lives seem to be kept at hold. What are we waiting for? We are waiting for the leadership, for the direction, for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In a corona-infested world, I find it amazing that the thing we think about mostly is the life we had. We worry and we do not think much about the life we might be called to. And I'm talking particularly for us as Christians. We are worried about Madam Zuma inspiring or convincing the council not to allow cigarettes to come out or to be opened for until we are on level three. I know it is not easy, but what troubles me is that it is our addiction that we care about more than what God might be trying or what God might be working in our lives. It is a guiding of what is crippling us, what 
is affecting us negatively. When we want the bottle stores to be open, it is that thing that we want to, to lose ourselves into stupor, to have that moment. Maybe because we don't know how to be happy on our own. Maybe because we don't know how to take pleasure in ourselves. We don't know how to wait. We find things that helps us pass the time. But can I just show you? So we wait. When we are waiting for the Lord, we wait in the Lord. And this is a time that we can use to wait in the Lord. And this is for all of us. All of us. From the pulpit to the pew, pew, learn again to wait in the Lord. There is something that is happening even in this. You have to remember that in, in a Genesis, before everything takes form, there was chaos. This is a chaos that I'm not saying is caused by God. Please hear me right. But this is a chaos from which God can work because out of darkness, God brings light and God begins to create the rebirth that we are going to experience. We are not prepared for. We are not waiting for. We are not looking for. We are worried about what is past. It is like somebody. I watched this Nigerian movie. You, you know by now that I'm a lover of Nigerian movies. And there was this man who was pushed in a wheelbarrow. He was crippled, so they obviously couldn't afford a wheelchair. So a friend was pushing him in a wheelchair and they would go where there are functions for begging because at functions, this is where, you know, you find uh, it's it's more profitable. And so they went and in this particular function, this, there was this pastor there who saw the man on the wheelchair and saw the wheelchair being pushed in and thought the man had come for healing. The man hadn't come for healing, he had come for begging. So he laid hands on the man and the man was healed. And that's wonderful. But what got me is the man's friend who had the burden of pushing him all along and to everywhere. He was not impressed with this healing. And he shouted at the priest, Pastor, return this man to his former position. Return this man to his position. We are beggars. We beg from function to function. So the pastor had interrupted their begging business. But begging is not the state in which God wants us to be. I, I am not really talking about this man. I am talking about our position where we find a crippling and a deformity to become something that has defined us. That when healing comes in our waiting, we, we don't want to wait to see this healing for we have already perfected the state of begging. We have already perfected the state of our addiction, the state of our weakness, the state that makes us people who 
cannot even manage our money. We cannot even manage ourselves. We do not know what we do with the alcohol that we have consumed. We act in irrational ways. We put ourselves in harm. We fight with each other. These are the things we fight for. I wish I could say this is for people who don't know God. This is for people who don't worship. But that would be a lie. For we have taken God to be that pillow that comes in the background. God does not want that anymore. We need to wait. Let's, let's learn how we wait. Firstly, we have to come down from that high mountain. You can't be high all the time. You need to come down. You, you need to face the reality that is happening in Jerusalem. You need to face the pain that is there. You need to face the hunger. You can't be escaping all the time. You need to face the headache. Because it is in facing them that we learn to depend on God. We need to face our abusive personalities. We need to face this and bring them to God in worship in that closed room where the twelve were and the women were. And when they came together, they worshiped because they realized that with everything that they had, do every scripture that they know, the Bibles that they carry, that we carry around, they still did not know everything. They were still not complete. The spirit is about to work, but we need to wait. It's not easy, but it's because we have let the addictions define us. Here we go. So they came down. They gathered to worship. And it is in worshiping, guided by the Spirit. That Peter says that we now have to choose somebody to replace Judas. Why? Because they are getting ready not only for the coming of the Spirit, but for what will happen once the Spirit has come for the mission that is ahead of them. They understand that the Holy Spirit is not only coming to give them powers to be able to talk in tongues, but it is coming to bring them a power, a possibilities to be witnesses. And it is in this witnessing that they will bring the kingdom of God from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, to the rest of the world. They are waiting in order to work. And in order to work, they are getting ready. It is like we are going on a trip. When you are going on a trip, wherever you are going, you buy the ticket beforehand. Unless, of course, you're using a South African taxi. But the taxi will teach you humility. You have to wait in that taxi until it gets full. But when you go on a trip, 
You don't just go to the taxi. You pack your bags. You get ready before you get there. You get ready before the movement. So we sit there. There is a need for a number of 12 to be completed for this mission to be handed over. Before the spirit comes, we need to set ourselves up. We need to put ourselves in a place to be able to move out. How do we do this? Wait for the spirit. This is how we wait. We come down, get to a place. We wait in readiness. We, we don't wait in idleness. We wait in readiness. We wait in readiness for what we understand. This is why the kingdom of God is not a kingdom about stagnation. It is a kingdom of growth. When the yeast gets into the flour, it makes a dough that rises. It, it is a kingdom that has to spread, that has to grow. It is a kingdom that takes out the infirmities. It is a kingdom that brings life. It is a kingdom that addresses poverty. It is a kingdom. But you can do that when you are fixated on what gives you momentary release. On what robs you of the image of God. Beloved in the Lord. Wait out this virus, but don't wait in idleness. Wait in preparedness. Wait in readiness. May the Lord guide us. May, may the Lord mold us because you see, one of the things we miss out when we're talking about being born again or we're talking about uh, rebirth, we think it's a matter of you lifting up your hand and say, I want to be born again. And that is it. No, it is a process in which God is making you anew, in, in which God is working in you. You can't run out before God is done with you. You can't run out into the street before it's done. Sit down, relax, and let God work with you. Don't seek for things then don't make you. I pray that the Lord will fill us up. But before we are filled up, we need to be emptied of everything. That is not necessary. We could not leave smoking on our own because it had become a crippling addiction. We could not leave the drinking and the getting drunk alone because we had come to depend on it. There might be a help in this for us. There might be God working for us. We could not look beyond our greediness in the pursuit of money and riches. Perhaps God is working in this. We could not leave our racist attitudes and our snuffing others and our bigotry for everything and everyone who is not like us. God is working in this. Wait. Wait. Do not fight. For the things that had made you less than what God has made you wait. So that God can work in you. So that God can make us 
that image that we had lost in the Garden of Eden, the one that has come to be restored by Jesus, will be completed when the Spirit is here. But you need to understand one thing. The main reason we wait is not that we don't have the theology degrees. It's not that you don't have the ways. It is because we need to be led. We need to be followers. We can't lead God. We can't preempt God. We wait. We wait for his mercies. Because even this day, we wait in preparation to bringing the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you are a wonderful God. Had it not been for you, we would not have been here. Thank you, Lord, that even in this waiting, even in this period of darkness, we know that we, there is no need to despair. There is no need to lose hope. For you, God, you are in charge. For you, God, are working. And in your working, you have plans to renew us. You have plans to restore us. May we find peace in knowing you. May we find peace in being yours, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who reigns now and into the ages to come. Amen. Beloved, I pray that the Lord watch over you and watch over your families. I know the waiting is not easy, but I promise you, it is worth it. I promise you, it is with every moment. Wait, I say, wait on the Lord.